702-702-1702. WhatsApp us now on 072-702-1702. Tanya, good evening and thank you for joining us. I hope that you're not scared of the robots that might be surrounding you at the moment. <laughs> Hi, good. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, yes, I'm using robots to communicate with you, so <laughs> not scared at all. <laughs> Look, I mean, it's it's something that's so it's it's, it's a weird and wonderful thing. I think it's uh, since the advent of of, of science fiction uh, as a genre, as as a means of storytelling, uh, we've we've constantly been uh, been scared and and constantly had sort of the fear of of technology drilled into us, right? Um, whether you're yeah. watching the, the Terminator movies, whether you're watching The Matrix, whether you're, wa- whether you're watching any movie that has to do with thinking or, or uh, you know, robots or, or entities that have artificial intelligence, you know, machines that can think for themselves and solve problems for mm-hmm. themselves, inevitably it always leads to some form of disaster. But for many people, it's not a robot coming from the future to try to kill you uh, with a funny Austrian mm-hmm. accent. Uh, in this instance, a robot or machine or something can change uh, your life, you know, forever by by replacing you and, and making you obsolete and, and, and your skill yeah. not being needed anymore. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think the, the film industry has definitely um, portrayed the robots as something that's evil and should be feared and you know, obviously, as you mentioned, but, you know, the, the Terminator, as you referenced, you know, it's, it's got a very specific, um, uh, what's the word, agenda to it. So I think in our reality today, you know, robots are everywhere. You actually don't realize just how often you are using machines these days because it's such a natural, integrated part of your life. You know, I just made a little joke, but, you know, I've got a cell phone here. It's, it's a, you know, it's a robot to an extent. Yeah, and I think the, the part that, that's scaring people is that these machines are also now starting to make decisions and, as you said, think for themselves. So when it comes to, to jobs, there's obviously a lot of um, benefits to mm-hmm. having machines that can operate like that and, and, um, and, and do these tasks. And... There's obviously uh, a lot of ways you can look at it. You can you can see the scary part, and I, I won't you know sugarcoat it completely because yes, you know in some instances technology will uh, destroy some jobs. Mm. It will render certain jobs obsolete. But if you if you think back about the first industrial revolution that happened as well, you know we had factory workers that were replaced by machines, and the fourth industrial revolution won't be any different you will still see technology taking over certain jobs, especially, you know, when it's very repetitive uh, tasks that, that can be uh, done by machines. So um, so I think, you know, there, there is uh, some merit in, in, you know, fearing it to some extent, but you have to remember that new technology will also create new jobs. So, you know, we can focus on, on, on the, the scary part or on the exciting part, um, because if you look at the research, you know, there's research from Gardner that actually shows that artificial intelligence will be a net positive job motivator yeah, in 2020, yeah. which means it will create more jobs than it eliminates. Um, you know, and that's actually a very positive thing to, to think about. It's obviously very important that people are aware of these changes and that mm, they know, mm. um, you know, what that means for the job industry and, and, and the landscape that you can upskill yourself and know what skills will be required for these new jobs. I think that's the most important part. It's being aware and knowing what you need to do as an individual 
to uh, minimize the impact that it will have on your you know, op- op- ability to, to find work in the future. I mean, that for me is actually quite uh, quite an interesting point that you're raising there, um, especially in and around the idea of, of it being a net job creator. Because I think that research also shows us that, I mean, the, after all, we are talking about the fourth industrial revolution, which technically means that there have been three of those preceding yes. this particular one. Uh, and, and ultimately, that means that uh, we've always been faced with, and you just pointed to that, we've always been faced with jobs becoming obsolete, uh, but then in turn, new jobs being created. But what I'd just like yeah. to sort of, you know, discuss with you is is that uh, I read an article or, you know, I heard this factoid recently that there was no such thing as a professional athlete before, um, mm. you know, the last industrial revolution. <laughs> that mm. that um, mm. Not even the last, I think the second industrial revolution. There was no such thing as a professional athlete and that opened up that space. Uh, for mm. that to become, or a professional, in, you know, professional entertainers, and, and you know, all kinds of other jobs that we see today. But um, ultimately, what is it then? Where, where should we be looking at in terms of these mm. new jobs and these new opportunities? Because what I'm worried about is, as South Africans, we we, we talk the talk, but we don't walk the talk. Mm. If you get my drift, mm. Mm. yes. 100%. I think, um, I mean, just to, to, to add to what you were saying with the jobs that have been created, if you think about titles such as social media managers or, um, you know, community managers, influencers, these mm, are all people mm. making money off new technologies. These jobs didn't exist, you know, even, you know, a year or, or so ago. So uh, in some cases, it's, you know, it's as, as early um, as, you know, this year when certain jobs were created with titles that you've never heard of before. So, so definitely new jobs will be created. And I think just to go back to um, an interesting thing that I also saw uh, quite recently is a um, list that was published by the World Economic Forum. And basically what they spoke about is the top 10 skills that will be in demand going forward. And um, obviously looking at 2010 and beyond. Um, and as it stands, the things that they are referencing um, include things like people management, emotional intelligence, negotiation skills, creativity, cognitive flexibility. So if you look at those skills that are in demand, they're actually very human skills, right? So the interesting thing is that it's the things that make us human that will actually make us more employable going forward. So if you then go back to what types of jobs, you know, that would um, entail, you would look at jobs like uh, sales executives, um, customer service or experience agents, HR, people management, these are all jobs that will be in high demand uh, going forward. Um, Creative directors, for example, software developers and programmers will always be in demand. Um, And then the most interesting one, data scientists. Um, I actually saw uh, that um, the the EDSA is offering courses in data science and offering the course feedback if you don't find a job in that area within a year. So it's actually, you know, that skills sources is so acute that, you know, people bet on it, you know, that you will actually find a job if you have that skill. So it's just another example of knowing what skills you need to focus on, what, what you should be upskilling yourself in to be employable going forward. I can also add that the jobs that will be at risk, that, you know, for the ones wondering if their jobs are safe, the jobs that will be um, at risk mostly include jobs that are fulfilling Either, either a very repetitive function or an intermediary function. 
um, as new technologies continue to drive uh, disintermediation, mm. you will see that companies or positions that fulfill that intermediary role, that, that connect two things, will become less important because technology is actually quite good at doing that. So uh, estate agents, travel agents, recruitment consultants, um, insur- insurance or finance brokers, things like that, so mm, those kind mm. of jobs would be mostly at risk. I mean, it's a it's a stunning one because I mean I know that, um, and then going back to the insurance example that you used, uh, it's stunning because my first job actually for for the first four years of my career was actually in insurance, and I started working for a direct a direct insurer, um, and um, you know they were convinced or they kept on telling us that the day of the broker the insurance broker is done and dusted, and then I moved on to a company. Uh, which is uh, South Africa's largest short-term insurer, and they are dependent on brokers by far and large, and they were thriving. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so so, but but at the very same time, you know, they had their their, their clientele that seemed to be a little more upper echelon, for lack of a better term. So, I guess it depends on where you find yourself. But the biggest concern, ultimately, Tanya, is is that people are worried about, uh, you know, the ordinary person on the street. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. if not the poor that they are the ones mm. that are going to suffer the most. And people who are at the top, the, the, the so-called elite, or people who are comfortable in their middle-classness are the ones that mm. are going to be mm. the ones who are going to benefit. And that, you know, ordinary miners and uh, people who are working in call centers and people who are doing yes. the jobs that ultimately could be replaced by machines are the ones that are struggling. Yes, yes. I think, I mean, that it's, it's a very valid concern. And I think the responsibility is going to sit with companies um, employers also have to look at ways that they can enhance the productivity of their human capital and not just look to replace them. So it is their responsibility as well um, to take that on board. There's something called augmented humanity. Um, if you go to a tech conference, you'll hear the term being yeah, thrown around. Yeah, yeah. But it basically it refers to um, using technology to assist rather than replace your workers. Um, and obviously that can be navigating complexities or reducing human error or, again, you know, just helping with repetitive uh, tasks and functions. So I think that, you know, that, that is a concern, but we have to take responsibility, you know, as, as, as corporates and as companies also to look at how we can rather enhance our workforce rather than just looking at replacing it as the first order for. Let's do this quickly. Um, for any listeners that might have any questions, because of course in South Africa we've already had our experience with this, and I think the one key question that I have is are we ready for this fourth industrial revolution based on what the net result has been thus far? But uh, for anyone that has any other questions, 011 alternatively 21 And lest I forget, we do have WhatsApp, 072 that's where you guys can get a hold of me on WhatsApp. Either a short voice note, alternatively a text message would do there, or 31702 and 31567 for SMSs, people who are not part of the fourth industrial revolution yet. Um, and then uh, for those who are up to date with the fourth industrial revolution, Facebook and Twitter, hashtag talk at nine with the number nine. That's where you can get a hold of me there. Uh, Tanya, I mean, on that, so 
when we talk about the fourth industrial revolution, I mean, you and I have been talking very tech-heavy this evening, right? We've been talking about um, AI. We've been talking about, um, you know, big data and um, jobs being replaced and so on. But you spoke about augmented humanity, and that just really made me realize that there's another aspect to, to the fourth industrial revolution that we always or regularly ignore, and that is the mm. fact that, um, you know, we're in an era of gene editing. We're in an era of all kinds of interesting stuff happening at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, um, there's um, also something called biohacking. I don't know if you've heard of that. Or yeah, exactly. There's, there's very, very interesting documentaries out there and, and just showing how accessible it is, how easy it is to do genetic uh, gene editing. It sounds like this really far away futuristic concept, but people are doing it in their garages with kits that you can buy on Amazon. So, you know, this is already happening. Um, I know sitting in South Africa, you know, we always uh, say we're behind because in many aspects, you know, when it comes to technology, we're actually quite far ahead. And you look at our banking and finance sector, we, we've actually got really great, you know, security and the banking uh, industry is actually quite advanced. But, you know, we, we do adopt the changes a bit slower and, and differently than the rest of the world. So, um, you know, that human aspect, I think uh, it's, it's just the policies um, and what's the, what's the other word I'm looking for? Um, it, 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 it's basically possible, but it still needs to be regulated to, you know, an extent that is why it's not commonplace, if that makes sense. There's no, you know, policy mm. that dictates what's right and wrong and okay and not okay. Um, and that's normally the thing that takes longer to catch up. So, you know, the technology goes, grows and exponentially expands. It's, it's the, the human aspect that takes the, you know, the longest is catching up with uh, regulating it, putting the right policies in place, making decisions about, you know, where we draw the line. I think the difficulty um, is, is when it, it comes to the human. I hear you. I mean, it's, it's a, the difficulty with it all is, is uh, you know, as you said, the regulation, because what is it that you ultimately regulate? But just while I have you on the line, Tanya, I have Tulani from Centurion on the line that just wants to add his two cents to our conversation. Mm. There. Tulani, good evening, man. Thank you for joining us. Hi, how are you? Great stuff, mate. What, 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 do you have a question? Do you have a statement? Look, I, I, have a, I have a statement. It could be a question at the same time. And, and, and this is just the, what the topic that you're talking about for IR, the machines replacing humans, very close subject to uh, something that is very close to me. One, mm, mm. if we are to, if we are, the whole world if it's committed to making sure that we reduce the level of poverty, particularly in Africa, mm. we will need to look at how we introduce AI to enhance, not replace, human productivity, more especially in South Africa or Africa in particular, where we say productivity is very low. I'll make an example. Mm-hmm. If China was replacing uh, their, their workforce with machines, half of that population, which is almost half of the population of the world, will be dying of hunger. And that's not what they're doing. So that, that is my issue when it comes to South Africa in particular, but where companies are just replacing uh, people uh, with machines. Machines still human, still need human beings. If our productivity is low, why can't we use AI to make sure that our level of productivity as a country is up there and, you know, as a country maybe to boost our economy? Why is it not that? So I think that executives in different companies are actually going about uh, the whole 4IR thing the wrong way as opposed mm-hmm. to develop well to what they are doing. AI is, is creating jobs 
in, in America, in China, in all the developed world. But in Africa, it's taking them away. Why is that? I, I, I hear you. Thank you. Thank you for that, Tulani. I mean, Tulani is an interesting question, Tanya, and this was part of where I wanted to go with our conversation, and that is obviously this idea that I, I mentioned it earlier. You and I spoke about how it would be a net job creator, ultimately, with the introduction of the fourth industrial revolution and AI and everything else of the sorts associated to it. But then the key question that then comes up is what are those jobs, and are we as South Africa actually even fa- uh, looking in the right direction when we are talking about this, because all too often what I'm worried about is that what we tend to do as a nation, I think, is that we talk a lot about this stuff, but we're not getting ourselves prepared and ready to face the inevitable storm that's going to be uh, the fourth industrial revolution and eventually replacing people in in, in jobs. Mm. Yeah, I think um, Tanoi makes some really good points there uh, with, um, you know, where the focus should be. And, and to answer the question, um, I want to reference a survey that also was published very recently by the Manpower Group. Um, they they did an employment outlook survey um, to look at, you know, obviously which industries are are showing opportunities and when it comes to hiring and and where the growth is coming from, if growth is in fact coming. Um, it, it was quite a gloomy outlook, uh, to be honest, because it obviously showed um, that it's, it's the weakest it's been in five years. So, you know, unemployment is a massive problem in South Africa, as we all know. Uh, I think the stat was 60% youth unemployment, or, or almost 60 when, um, you know, the federal did speech. So it's definitely not looking great. But what was encouraging uh, from that survey is to see that the industries that experienced uh, digital disruption, oh, sorry, just, well, disruption, but... Mm but also then digitally transformed as a result, they were all showing an uptick in hiring. So it shows that there's a positive correlation between digital transformation and job creation. Um, because the industries like finance, um, real estate, and the, and the business services sector sectors um, showed that there was a, a net employment outlook of uh, plus 9%. So there's definitely... Um, evidence that there's opportunities being created by companies embracing digital transformation. And I think the word um, that Nani is looking for there is also when he's asking why are, why, why are South African companies or the South African industries not embracing technology to assist productivity and assist, um, assist their workforce, it's because companies need to uh, uh, adopt and embrace digital transformation. I think that's something that South African companies are quite slow to do. Um, it requires mm. investment, it requires time, uh, it requires certain expertise, um, you know, and, and it's not something that is readily available all the time for, for companies to do. So um, that's why there's also consultants. My business, in fact, is a consulting agency that actually helps companies with digital transformation. Um, and we start by doing an audit to assess their digital maturity, and then we'll go from there and try and help them, um, you know, move the needle. So I think in order to create more jobs and to mm. follow, you know, this exact path that we can see here being um, depicted by this by the survey results, we need to embrace digital transformation as companies in South Africa and look at how we can make our companies um, better by, you know, improving the whether it's the process or making it more efficient through automation in certain areas um, or, you know, whatever technology you need to bring on to drive your companies forward. Um, you will obviously be also driving the economy forward. 
and therefore creating more jobs as a result. So we're talking about start creating more jobs. When mm. it becomes, you know, what are the, those specific jobs? Um, it's quite a wide, you know, variety. Um, I know that I can tell you for a fact because I'm in the industry, but digital skill shortage is massive in, in this country. Um, you know, the fact that there's such a high uh, unemployment number, but still we are struggling to find mm, people mm. to hire into our industry is, is, is actually quite, you know, it, it, it's almost ridiculous if you, if you have to give it a word because, you know, there's so many jobs there uh, that are not being taken by South Africans because the skills don't exist in the country. So I think the stat was 37% mm. of employers are actually recruiting from outside of South Africa when they're looking to fulfill their technology needs. Um, so, I mean, those jobs are already there. So, you know, that I think, again, going back to the skills that are required, just making sure that you're, you're um, upskilling yourself and learning digital skills. You, as an individual, can help, you know, reduce unemployment by doing that. And then companies embracing digital transformation um, and driving, you know, yeah. their profits and the company forward will be able to create more jobs as but, a result. But if we could take well. a step back, especially in the private sector, when we look at the fourth industrial revolution and its impact, and, and this is something that I've always found so interesting, it goes back to a question that Tulani raised. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm going to sound like a, a, an, insensitive, an insensitive um, capitalist here. But ultimately, I mean, is the private sector bound to create jobs for the sake of creating jobs, if you get my drift. And the reason why I'm asking that question is because, yeah, I am. I'm a CEO of a big company. Technology is going to halve the number of people that I have to pay salaries to. It's going to pay. It's going to halve my risk of of, of, um, things that cost me money, like, for example, um, maternity leave, paternity leave, uh, what's a sick leave, um, annual leave, um, someone that needs to leave the office early or leave the office late. Uh, I mm-hmm. mean, you know, come in late because of a family commitment, this, that, and the other. I mean, a machine never needs to go to a child's sports event. A machine never has to go to uh, deal with a sick child or a sick partner or, you know, or, or a parent that has passed away and they have to bury this parent. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. human beings come with all of that. So, mm-hmm. you know, for me, I always wonder when people say that we need to do stuff to uplift people. I mean, is, is any business actually thinking about that beyond the fact that, listen, we can't leave everyone poor because then no one can buy our product? <laughs> yeah, that, that exa- I think that last point is, is probably the only reason um, because it, it goes back to, you know, that, that the, if the economy is not um, healthy and, um, and, and it's going to have a direct impact on your business and your ability to sell your product, your ability to, to grow your business as well, I don't think, and, and I think we will kid ourselves if we think that, you know, the, the, the peers are sitting around thinking, how can I help job, you know, creation in the country necessarily as, as an item on their agenda. But mm. there is that correspondence the correlation that, you know, they need to be mindful of. I do believe it's, it's everybody's responsibility and, and, and specifically, you know, if we want if South Africans and, and, and whether we're corporates or individuals, if we want the economy to thrive because obviously there's the greater good that comes with that and it's the impact that it will have on the country and its people and our ability to consume, if that's what it boils down to, then everybody must take responsibility, uh, you know, to an extent in, in that space. And, you know, I'm also, I mean, as an employer of people as well, you know, I, I get that um, when technology makes things just a little bit simpler sometimes than, you mm. know, than, than a human employee would, 
but it's quite a tempting, um, you know, uh, thing to, to do. Um, but, you know, you must consider the bigger impact, the, the community impact, the impact on the economy, yeah. especially the, the bigger corporations. So, you know, you can't tell people to do that. You can't make them do that. But, you know, you can only hope that it is something that everybody will keep uh, on their on their agenda, you know, to 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 make sure that they're doing their part um, to keep the economy healthy and, and thriving. Just as a final thought in the last uh, four minutes in each other's company there, um, uh, Tanya, what I wanted to know from you is, obviously the big concern is what do we do in future? I mean, you know, with the advent of Y2K or Y2K approaching, uh, everyone told you that you needed to go and study IT, whatever that amorphous <laughs> thing was, you know, and it was a big pl- uh, fight between A++ and C++ and, and Java and this thing. You know, it was just, this, it was an ugly mess. Uh, <laughs> But but many of those people, unfortunately, ended up un- unemployed. And now we're told that, you know, my little five-year-old, my eldest, needs to go and study, uh, you know, in school he's already doing coding. I mean, is that what we need to do? Or do we need to say to him, listen, dude, go do something creative that requires a human brain and that no machine would ever be able to replicate, no matter how AI-savvy they might be? Yeah. So I think um, it's, it's, it's funny how you know, hindsight is always the thing, right? When you look back and laugh at it now. Um, I know that my sister's uh, son, who's also, um, I think he's nine now, he's also taking robotics classes. So it does seem like the schools are catering, you know, for the jobs of the future. But I don't think we should get stuck in, in terms of looking at technology as the answer because it is technology that's changing the world. It's, you know, the rise in AI and automation is changing the job landscape. It's changing the way we do things. You know, even in our personal capacity, you know, how we consume entertainment, you know, everything changes. But um, it's not to say that we need to now all become technologists, you know, or programmers or study IT, as you say. I think that, you know, obviously we're all different. We all have our, our, our skills and, and qualities. And if you're aware of the ones that you can develop more that will actually make you employable, that's you know, a big plus. That's when you're going to win. So you can become a programmer and obviously you still get a job. Um, the difference, I think, in, in, in how the, the future will change is um, software programmers um, or software developers will still be in demand. But, but when it comes, becomes the hardware, uh, I think that's where the, when you're saying programmers, computer programmers are not going to be uh, as much in demand. So it's creating these products that mm. then you're not the one creating those products. So if you're creating say, an AI product, your, your skill will be in demand. But also there will be people training the algorithms. And those can be normal people because all you need to do is to look at the input and the output and tell if it's right or not or how far it, you know, it, it, it's off the mark. Um, you know, that sounds like quite a boring job actually, but that's a job that will be new and required going forward. Um, that's created because of AI again. So I think that, you know, looking at the list of skills I just mentioned, there's quite a wide variety that you can still, you know, focus on. So it doesn't mean we all have to be the same now and focus on IT. Um, I think we must actually be careful because having digital skills, for example, is also quite broad. It doesn't mm, mean you're a computer mm. programmer, um, but you can actually bet on it being in demand. So at least, you know, if you if you want to try and secure your future, you can start by looking at those those specific jobs that are needing the, the talent that is that it's short. Um, but at the same time, human skills, as I said, is important. So all the jobs that require those human skills will remain in demand. So if your child, for example, excels in a certain area and he's very creative, 
he will have a job as a creative director. It'll be fine. He doesn't have to go and study IT. <laughs> so I think just be aware. Look at the look at the information being published. There's lots of surveys being published all the time about uh, skills that are in demand, jobs that are being created, um, and opportunities that are on the rise. And just keep yourself informed. I think, especially if you are young and looking to enter the job market soon, or or looking at what you need to study. I guess I guess we've reached that age where we have to. Um, under no circumstances, keep ourselves informed and, and continue with education. You can't sort of gone at the days mm. where I did my three, four years of education, yeah. tertiary education, I'm done now, um, and I'm going to continue. You need to stay up to date with new knowledge and new information coming forward. Uh, Tanya, it was absolutely a pleasure, a, a pleasure ch- chatting to you. Um, and, and don't worry, I'm not scared of the robots anymore, so I won't have any nightmares about Arnie. <laughs> Your job is safe. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope so. You never know that. <laughs> we'll have to end it there. Thank <laughs> you so much, Tanya. Make promises, Tanya. <laughs> Thank you so much. Cheers, Tanya. <laughs> that was Tanya. Later, Khan.